up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of the Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Welcome. My name is Derek, and I'm one of the members of the Plus Platoon. We are a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to visit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed so you will never miss a moment. We have a great show for you guys tonight, but before we can get started, I can't do this by myself. So the first person I'm going to bring in is Kate. Kate, girl, how you doing this evening? I'm so good. I mean, you could do this by yourself, but it yeah, but who'd want to watch just me? Fun. Yeah, yeah. So next we have got Peter. Pete, how you doing this evening? Where am I? I'm doing great. <laughs> how are you guys? <laughs> doing very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> the other members of our platoon, we're going to bring in Rebecca. Rebecca, what's going on? Hi, doing well. How's everyone? Doing Peach all right. Pink jelly bean. And Never said that before. That's weird. <laughs> and Sam is unable to join us this week, but we have got friend of the show, Ed. Ed, nice to see you here this evening. Nice to see you. And I was going to say, you could do this show by yourself, but then you wouldn't have anyone to drop but yourself. So, <laughs> you guys are dead. <laughs> I'm so excited. Sorry. <laughs> it, it is what it is. So, tonight, guys, we really would love those of you out in the audience would love your comments on what we're talking about because we got some fun stuff to talk about, including some big stuff that dropped just today in Disney Plus News. Kate, what have we got? Ah, it's a Disney Plus news. Hey, everybody, it's time for Disney Plus news. So today, Disney announced that November 12th will be Disney Plus Day. They base, or they previously announced that Jungle Cruise would be released for all subscribers that day. But today, they also added that Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings will be released for streaming that day also. Um, as well as coming that day will be specials from Star Wars, The Simpsons, and more. It sets up what is sure to be a busy weekend for streamers. We'll have to figure out what all we're going to watch on the platoon that week. Okay, Flight of the Navigator is getting a reboot on Disney+. Plus. It will be directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed episodes of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Rumor has it <clears throat> that the remake will feature a female lead... Um, although the exact plot is unknown. So that's something exciting. Also, Among the Stars, a six-part true series about an astronaut's last journey into space will premiere on October 6th. And last but certainly not least, Disney Plus will provide a Hallow Stream list of all the available um, Disney Halloween material beginning on September 24th. This will include the new upcoming Lego and Muppet specials, all of the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes, and the Halloween spooktacular episode of WandaVision. I wonder if it'll also include like Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus and yes. all that. Stuff, if, but. I, if you look at the list, it is everything that could remotely possibly be Halloween-y. It, except I don't think Halloween is on there, but because um, I don't think that was Disney. But so, yeah, um, Gina says she's excited for Disney Plus Day and she loved the original Flight of the Navigator. Yes. So do they get Paul Rubens to come back and do the voice? That'd be interesting. I'm thinking no. I'm with Pete. Probably not. But depends on how faithful to the original they'd want to be. OK, so. This week, we are have got two of our diamonds in the rough. The first diamond in the rough we have is the uh, 
Disney Plus original Howard, which goes uh, and follows the life of Howard Ashman, the uh, Disney composer. So I'm going to ask you, what took you under the sea, Pete? Um, wow. So I just want to say that I'm a big Howard Ashman fan. For those that don't know, he was the lyricist along with Alan Menken, who was the composer for the, in, in particular for Disney fans, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Um, most of the songs, there's a, there was one or two songs that um, were composed for Aladdin that he didn't, he didn't write because of when he passed away. But most of the songs were uh, his lyrics. And I think he is one of the most important people to Disney animation and Disney musicals. Um, I think that him and uh, Alan Menken had a huge hand in bringing about that second golden age that occurred in the late eighties and early nine or through the nineties into the two thousands with um, even beyond that Lion King and Hunchback and all those things, those all came from the work they did writing songs for those three movies that I mentioned. The movie itself, I think is an excellent review of the man's life. Um, It could, could probably be a little better, but I think it's very interesting. Um, a, a, a lot around Howard is that he died very young because he was uh, he died from AIDS. Uh, if you haven't, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think they do a very good job of showing his life and his importance to Disney. And um, I would also say as a companion piece to this, the movie uh, other documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty, which spends a little time with Howard Ashman and Alan Menken in it. Um, there's some really good video of him as it relates to, to Howard Ashman in that movie, but it's not a big part of it. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed this movie. This is the second time I've watched it and it's, it's um, obviously very sad at the, uh, towards the end of it, but uh, it really does celebrate um, Howard Ashman's contribution to the world of theater and Disney musicals. So what do you do think Rebecca? I really did enjoy this. Um, I watched it earlier today and I didn't really have an opinion about who he was because Disney history is not my, I guess, forte when it comes to being a Disney fan. Um, and so watching the documentary i was it was really easy for me to follow along and to be interested in it because of how much music is influential in my life um it's incredible to see the things that he worked with or worked on and the people that he worked with before he was at disney like jody benson um i thought that was really interesting that they kind of knew each other before she was ariel um another other things that i thought was so interesting was that there was one part where he talks about how important it is for the main character to have a song where it talks about what they want. He was when talking about how part of your world is so important in the little mermaid, it, you know, it this, he's like, we're keeping the song over my dead body. We're not taking this song out because it explains literally how the movie is going to go. And it, and it kind of foreshadows the rest of the film. And in that moment, I thought exactly of movies like, Rapunzel's um, story and Tiana and Merida and Frozen and how literally every other Disney musical princess movie that I've seen has that influence, has his influence of the main character having a song that literally tells you exactly what they want and, and what they're going for. And so it was, it's amazing to see even, you know, dying so young and not have, and, and just but him having that huge impact on future Disney films and not even being around. I was really, really amazed um, just at the work that he had done. So I thought that this was a beautiful film. Of course, it's horribly sad. I hate when um, people die from AIDS. I feel like that's how it it happened for like, I think of Freddie Mercury and just these major music historian people who have all died from that disease. And it's, and it's really, really sad. Um, but 
still an amazing portrayal of his life and of his character and who he was in Disney. And so I, I really, really did love it. Ed, what do you think? So there's a couple of broad uh, strokes I can make about this one. One, it, like you, Rebecca, I'm not a Disney history buff fan. So um, learned a lot about um, about this person and their role in, 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 in involving and in, in creating the music. But, you know, I keep it exercised a bunch of memories for me. So in a previous previous life, I was after school kid teacher and it was that movie had just come out and so or had just come out to to vcr i should say videotape and so we would we would put that in on movie day and it was just funny to see the girls they would all react and they'd all sit in the lounge area and and start singing uh, part of this world and so that memory came up and i think about uh, about his contributions to the songs and everything and what an impact he's had on people and so that that that, just swimming in those memories was kind of cool the other big piece for me is that this one hits close to home. Um, oh, I won't go into too much detail here, but I have a family member who is suffering from a, a chronic disease, totally different one. But you start to see, um, I pick up on, here's a guy that's made such a huge contribution to to Disney and to culture and to music, and I could keep going, um, despite the fact that he would have this challenge and he wouldn't be long for the world. And so um, it just, it, it, it pulled at my heartstrings, if, if I could say that. And um, I'm still processing it because I, I just watched uh, the first 55 minutes of it right before we went online here. So um, that's why I'm struggling with some of these comments It's still ripping at my heartstrings. So really cool. I highly recommend it. Um, it's a good, it's a good documentary movie of um, I'd watch it again. So, how about you? I guess I go up to Kate, right? Hey. Or, uh, hey. Oh, I, I do circles. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was I was thinking W or something like nah, that. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. I, I see how it is. And you are looking to get dropped, aren't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, something like that. I. I really enjoyed seeing the behind the scenes recording um, and the process for Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I loved watching him work with Paige O'Hara on the bell intro for Beauty and the Beast. And some of her phrasing in that was great. Um, I liked you know seeing him work with Jerry Orbach and Angela Lansbury and some of those creative processes. I did not realize that he was really closeted in the public eye until his partner accepted his posthumous Oscar. So I did not really, I did not realize that, but yeah, I think, you know, what you see behind the scenes with him and some of his processes is really nice. Kate. (laughs) Well, Derek, I thought you and I were going to agree on this. And apparently I, I was wrong. Um, Well, this is what's good about it. (laughs) So much like Rebecca, I loved the, the part about the music about having the, the what and what they want song loved that. And I did love, cause you all know documentaries are my thing. I love a good documentary. Actually, we're talking about in this episode today, we're talking about my two things, reality ish television, competition, reality television and documentaries. So this is good. Um, I got very bored, especially in the beginning. It did pick up toward the end. Um, and I can't put my finger on why I did notice that they very rarely ever showed you, um, the person talking. And I'm looking at this, not about his story. I'm looking at this just from a documentary filming standpoint. Um, It caught my attention because I wanted when the people were talking, like, let's say Derek would they they said, oh, this is Derek Brazil. And he's he's was a friend of of Kate or whatever. I wanted to at least see him so that I could put a face to a name to have a picture of who was speaking. And they didn't do that a lot. And so, in fact, very only a couple times did they actually show you the face of the person speaking. Um. I loved that he also did um, not Rocky Horror. Help me, Little uh, Chop of Horrors. Little, Little Chop of Horrors. Horrors. 
um, loved the heated little shop. And I love that, that, that musical. And now when I, cause I went back and listened to some of little shop and I'm like, Oh my God, you can hear similarities in the style of music. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm so grateful that I was given the opportunity to learn more of his story. Um, it is heartbreaking that he was taken so early. Um, and how he, I mean, imagine the masterpieces that could have come if he was still with us. So that is heartbreaking. Um, I think his story is very intriguing from a documentary standpoint. It, especially in the beginning, it didn't hold my attention the way that I thought it would. Um, it's a, it, his story is beautiful. Um, I'll be honest the part in the beginning where he had his like best friend and then his best friend became really toxic and he kind of had to make the decision to walk away. How many of us have been in that situation that resonated with me? It was more, I guess where I wouldn't give this a five is because of, uh, it just didn't hold my attention the way I thought it was going to. So Rebecca, you have something to add. Um, I forgot. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Kate's kind of led us a little bit into a segue of the next part. Guys, what should be fed to Audrey too? What about this did not work? Rebecca. So, um, I think because the only thing that didn't really work for me, and it's kind of what Kate is saying, um, I am not a big history person. I am not a big documentary person. So without it being about music, I don't think that I really would have loved this show. Um, If you were just watching an Imagineer story, I don't think I would be as enthralled or as, you know, enamored by it. But because it was about his music, that was the only thing that really kept my attention. And And I agree with what you said, Kate, that not being able to see the faces. Now, I have ADHD, so I need to watch TV with the captions anyway. So it really wasn't that hard for me to just read instead of looking at what was on the screen. Um, But it was weird that even when he was... Who is his partner that he did the composing with? Alan Minkin. Even when he was talking sometimes, the only reason that I knew it was him, but I thought I was saying his name was because his picture would like, they would be popped up together. And so, and it's, it's, it was difficult. It's hard for me to keep my attention anyway. Um, I think I would have liked to see more of the extensive behind the scenes of just his Disney stuff. I get it was a whole, his whole life story. So of course it was about, you know, him in college and starting up his own theater and stuff. But I think it would have been more intriguing if it just really, really, really dove into his internal creative process while he was creating the music rather than just everyone else's opinions of how he was putting it together. I understand that they didn't have the opportunity to interview him for this and that, you know, they probably didn't have the resources already available to dive into that information, but it, it only grabbed my attention and kept it because I knew it was going to be about music and I love music so much. All of those songs that he's created in those movies are in a musical theater playlist on my phone that I like listen to in the shower and and pretend that I'm those characters, you know? So I, I did love most of it, but if I wasn't have the captions on um, and reading the words, I don't think that it would have kept my attention kind of like what Kate said. So Ed, what do you think? Yeah, I think y'all hit on something that was bothering me, but I couldn't put my finger on it. But it, it didn't bother me so much that, you know, I it it kept me from watching it. But there the way they would pull in the sound bites from uh, the people, various people that were talking about them, that was a little confusing. Um when I really noticed it was there was the um part where they were talking, it was at the 92nd Street Y, I think is what it was. And they were you heard the audio of that interview, but you saw the blank chairs. Now, I thought that was a little annoying at first, but then I wondered, is this a resource issue? There's a comment that's popped up there, maybe because of COVID, or maybe they just didn't have 
uh, maybe they didn't have the video and all they had was the audio. And Ryan, uh, yeah, Ryan's comment is when was the documentary made? When yeah. did he deal with COVID logistics? Guys, it was made in 2017 and 2000. It was released in 2018. So there were no COVID. It was a stylistic choice. It was not a COVID necessity. And, and so when I got to the 90 second Y MCA scene, if I can call it that, that's, I thought, okay, well, maybe they're choosing to do this out of artistic choice. Um, may not have been the way I would have done it. Um, it and, and furthermore, there was even parts that 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 scene where he was talking to them about why they should have this song. And and my memory is just drawn a blank in the Under the Sea movie. Part of the little world. Mermaid, part, part of the world. Yeah. yeah, part of this world. So if he, they go through, they play that scene where he's talking, but then when they get to the interview, they don't show him. So it. To me, it just seems they just didn't have the video. It's just so they they went with what they got. So, long midway to say, I think it was just a, a style choice. Um, for me, definitely everything before the Broadway and Little Shop of Horrors stuff should have gone away. It it up up until then, I didn't necessarily need the toxic friend, but even then the toxic friend was still talking to him when he was doing some of the off Broadway and little shop stuff. So you could have brought it in. Then the, the thing about how he created this whole circus fairy tale land. Yeah. I, this is where I'm with Kate was boring to me. Um, I, I, the stuff I'd loved about it, with the him talking to the working with Jody Benson and working with Paige O'Hara and Jerry Orbach and all the singers was what I liked about the movie. Everything else, Rebecca, I'm with you and Ed. I want to see someone talking about show me an interview face of someone. This is him talking about Alan Mink or Howard Ashman. This is this person. Show me at least her face for five seconds or and then go to the clip or show the clip. But by the end of it, show me their face. So just some of that personal connection. Um, I agree, Rebecca, it would have been completely different if they would have been able to interview if Howard would have been alive. But I'm also don't know that it would have been made if Howard was still alive because he would. It's like it would it would have been right now, like doing one of these on Andrew Lloyd Webber who was still very much alive and going and would probably not really like a retrospective on his life right now. So Kate, I know you've kind of teased a little bit. What else yeah. did you like about this? Sorry, y'all. I jumped the gun. <laughs> I just got so excited. I jumped the gun. Uh, that was my bad. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad that Ed brought up and now I can't remember. What was it? Why? Ed, the, what was the, it? The 95th street. Why? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was that was odd to me that that there. I get it now. Oh, okay, that was a stylistic choice. But again, it was that I'm very much like Rebecca. I also have to have the subtitles on because I sometimes I can't understand what people are saying, and sometimes I need to focus. Um, but I think my biggest critique was yeah, or even even Derek, if they hadn't cut before before suddenly Seymour before. Lil Drop just condensed it, like just condensed it a little bit, because at this point, I didn't even really know. I was like, well, I think he had something to do with Little Mermaid and like, but I don't really know that much about him, which is very interesting to me, because if you say Alan Minken, people are like, oh, my God, Alan Minken is Disney. Like, and I mean, if I met Alan Minken, I probably wouldn't be able to produce words. But this gentleman, like Howard, they were like this and they would still be like this if he was still alive. So it is interesting to me that Howard isn't as well known. Granted, Alan has done more because he's still with us. Still but, alive, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it, it wasn't a slam dunk for me. I'm glad I watched it. Glad I learned Things about him. I love Paige O'Hara and I love Jody Benson. And I also didn't realize that the guy who does the voice of is Gaston. it Jafar? No. Which one? Was it Jafar? Oh, the guy that you said oh, the guy that you said, Derek. Jerry Orbach said, was Lumiere. Yeah. 
Lumiere. Lumiere. That's one. Lumiere. Um, he was on Law and Order. <laughs> yes. So I was like, oh my God. I just didn't know that. So just cool. You also anyway, put he, baby in a corner. Yes, he did. <gasps> he did put baby in a corner. Now that we've blown Kate's mind. I he- have Ed here today and Lumiere put baby in a corner. And I, guys, I'm muting myself now. Pete, you go. She's about to self-combust or something. So I have, a di- I have a different opinion from <laughs> the two of you. I, I was aware of who Howard Ashman was before I saw this documentary. And as I said, I saw it when it first came out on Disney plus because I have been a fan of his for a long time. Um, I did not, I will agree that the problem, I, I could see the problem where if you did not know who he was, it was pretty draggy early on. You got that little clip of him at the beginning doing uh doing uh beauty and the beast but then um but then it just goes into other stuff for like an hour um but i didn't mind that personally and i think the footage thing is you gotta remember it's a different time in the in the 70s and 80s there wasn't footage of everything like there is now so i'm sure they just didn't have the footage to use my biggest complaint is i would have liked to seen at the end of the movie a little more context about his legacy within like, why not bring in some of the people that followed him to say, Oh, you know what he did really influenced this movie and this movie, you know, it kind of just ended with uh, to me a little bit of, I mean, it obviously it ended on a sad note, but like if they could have done that at the end, it would have made it a little more uplifting at the end to say, here's what he influenced. And here's, you know, as as I think Rebecca said, you know, Frozen, and I mean, you think about Frozen. You got Let It Go, completely his influence, but also um, I can never think of the name of the song. Coronation Day. Yeah, the Coronation Day song is very Howard Ashman uh, lyrics, and the and the one where she's with Hans also I think is 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 very much his influence. So, which is apparently I think, is not Rebecca's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> anyways so the uh, uh it's i think there would should have been more of that that's all i'll say and uh, but otherwise i i think it's really good and i will say if you like this movie waking sleeping beauty is actually way better than this movie so um if you haven't seen that go see that and i to, to me the stuff you see in the beginning I, it, it's so necessary to have it because what you're seeing is the development of his, his muse, if you will, as a child. And I was so touched by the, what he did for his little sister. I just, um, but I'm a former early childhood teacher. So I would like, wow, that's pretty cool. Look what, look at the imagination. He took all those toys in his room and did something completely different with them, built those scenes. And that just fascinates me. So you, you have to watch that talent develop in order to understand where he goes next and then to even grasp the, the total tragedy if i say can say that of of his early passing um to kate's point well how much more could he have done had he had he remained alive and and to me that's the the happy sad story that we all have to tell in our own lives and, and this is howard's happy sad story and so um i and and, and to be fair when i when uh I think it was Pete was saying, Hey, you should watch this. Like, Oh, I don't have time to watch this. And I made the time totally rewarded by it. I wasn't expecting anything out of this and got so much more out of it to the point where I just step away and go take a break outside while I absorbed all that. So just a cool story all around. Awesome. Well, as we do on our shows, Kate, how many cups of pixie dust you given this one out of five? Uh... Three. Three. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go three. I, 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 his story is good. His story is great. Well, sad, but great. I just, yeah, I'm gonna go three, I guess. Pete? I'm, I'm gonna give this one a, a four. Um, I liked it a lot. It's not the best. As I said, if, if you wanna see a five in my, opinion go see waking sleeping beauty but i do um enjoy this one so four recca 
Um, one thing first, to me, the importance of the stuff in the beginning, um, it introduced his first gay partner and then he eventually died from AIDS. And so for me, it made that emotional connection stronger of his death as well. So that's, that's why I thought that like, it was important to have that. My pixie dust rating is probably three and a half. Um, mostly because I'm just not a documentary buff type of person, but it was enough to keep me watching the whole time. And I love music. So it was good to hear the story. Ed, what what are you going to give it? All right. So this is my, um, my, uh, first appearance on this show. So I can't, I can't give out a five cause you know, then it's like Ed gives out a five for everything, you know, so they can't have that. Um, I guess I'll go with, a four, knowing that I haven't had an opportunity to level set my scoring rubric, spoken like a teacher. Okay. So yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Two and a half. I think, I think if the, some What's of the stuff had been changed, uh, that's about, I actually went back and looked at some of my ratings. That's about middle of the road for me. So, um, because I was going to give it lower, but I thought, no, it's not that low. So it's not own the room low for me. So, um, or it's definitely not low key low for me. So yeah. Uh huh. You heard what I said. So two and a half for me. I think if some changes had been made, yeah. Re- okay. Rebecca dropped herself. Rebecca dropped her, Let the record show Rebecca dropped herself out of this one. So I didn't see it. Um, and I can get Gina, the producer, to back me up on that one. I did not do that one. So uh, two and a half for me. I think if some of the changes had been made, I could have gone a three. But I just I can't do any higher than that. Uh, Steve did say uh, he watched it when he first came out. Give it a three and a half. Uh, Love the documentary about the Sherman Brothers. Guys, I think we have a couple more. Waking Sleeping Beauty and the boys are both going to be on the list for upcoming Diamonds in the Rough. Um, and as I said, Gina says she dropped herself. It wasn't her. It wasn't me. Rebecca, am I correct? You dropped yourself on that one. Um, proudly. Okay. I don't want to be seen with you. Fair enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> then just wait because, guys, this week we did have our second show was Race to the Center of the Earth, suggested by Ed. Ed suggested this to us. He suggested this to us a while back. And Ed, with it being it's your it's your show it's your decision so i think i know how you're going to answer but did the show win the race or did it fail to finish i'll start by answering i say definitely won the race i i suggested it so far back that i had written my own disney like song um bemoaning the fact that i was all by myself but it sounded too much like a celine dion song so i, I couldn't i couldn't go with it i was i was violating some some credit law or something like that. So um, totally love the show. I, I'm a big fan of these survival reality shows. Want to be clear on that, not the survivor type show, but more like the eco challenge that goes back to the nineties fell in love with those and the kind of cycling, hiking adventure stuff. I eat that stuff up. So totally love it. Um, uh, I also like the the when when the teams are being asked to perform some challenge in a set of different milestones along the way, and then watch how the different teams perform. Or in some, this case, some don't perform very well. Uh, some of it's almost comical. So um, there is uh, just totally love the show. And plus, I caught the show right around. And this is hard because time kind of blurs during our, our cute little pandemic time here. So. I caught it right around somewhere in the pandemic. And so we weren't getting out a whole lot. And so it was my access. This is so bad. It was my access to nature, man. So that's, that's what it was for me. For me, not only did the show did not finish, it barely got off the starting line. Um, the first day was okay, but if you made a drinking game out of either keep going you or you can do it, you would not be feeling any pain at all with either of those because that's all they said. Come on, keep going, or you got this, or come on, move a little faster. We got to go catch them. That's half the dialogue in the entire show. Yeah, well, you know, 
So um, also for me, and I, this is a a setup issue. If the courses are equal, which in theory the courses were all competitively equal, why have the jerry rigged, manipulated ten minute gaps for the finale? Why not either do total time and okay, you've done this for ten hours, you've done this for twelve hours, you get a two hour head start, or time based on the actual cutoff time. You know, if you've hit the cutoff time, you start here. If you've had, actually, if you're early, you get this much of a head start. If you're late, you get this much of a head start. And I understand that there was a situation where they couldn't do that in every show because a couple of the teams had to not participate, but they gave them the average points they scored anyway. So you could give them the average time ahead or behind on that one. Um, it's if you're if you're timing stuff, time stuff. Don't time it and then, oh, we need to make this more competitive. Okay, we're going to throw everything closer together. So, Kate, based on your reaction, I'm guessing you felt differently. I loved this show. Um, But I love shows like this. Um, And it's funny because Ed was like, let me be clear. I don't like Survivor. I'm like, I love Survivor. By the way, the next season premieres tomorrow. Um, but okay. I love, I loved the show. It is not something I would ever do. Um, because I, I know I Rebecca, not because I wouldn't want to, I know me and I know that I couldn't hang like I, that's not, I'm not, there's no way like I'm, I don't even really like to camp. So like, so yeah, anyway, um, the what I didn't care for was I think it was Team Southeast Asia. I don't even remember her name now. Autumn, Summer, South Fall, America. South America. South America. She made me want to scratch. Like I scratch her eyes like, out. How <laughs> scratch my face off because everybody, like everybody, was struggling. Everybody was hurting. Everybody, every team had a moment of like, oh man, this really sucks. Like I am injured. This really hurts. I dislocated my finger. I like all this stuff. Um, But all she did was complain the entire time. And then she like took herself out of the race. Spoiler alert herself out of the race and i was super grateful and i almost wanted her team to like come back and win it with her not being there um i really thought that team russia was gonna win and then they didn't like by i think didn't they come in like third or something come on you knew Um, the job sorry pete you knew the job was dangerous when you took it as far as spoilers so yeah you you, covering your ears you had to know what's coming (laughs) although he just put his headphones back on so you never know i just i'm grateful for the team that won i was rooting for them i'm gonna try not to give a spoiler for pete um, we are spoiler filled. So even, go ahead. Even the 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 one I can't. Maybe it was team. I don't think it was team North America. Maybe when the girl was like, "Hey, you guys aren't listening to me. Like you're not listening." And they were like, "Yeah, we." And she's like, "No, you're not listening." And he's like, "Oh, well, you need to speak up." And she goes, "But do you understand how loud you're speaking? That means I have to speak really loud." That resonated with me as a woman. Rebecca, I don't know if that resonated with you at all. Um, That resonated with me. So I loved this show. I binge watched it um, in like two days. I thought it was really well done. I do agree with Derek, though, this way. I do agree with Derek. Um, I was a little thrown off at how they did, excuse me, the timing of when they were in the final leg. Of the like, oh, and they get a 10 minute head start. I'm like, what? 10 minutes? They've been busting their butts and they get a 10 minute head start? Like, you stub your toe and you have to hop around for 30 seconds. Another group's gonna, so that confused me a little bit. But as a whole, I am so glad that Ed recommended this. I thought it was brilliant. Pete, it's all you. 
So I'm, it, I, I guess I'm in the middle, maybe a little bit between two of you and well, Ed, Ed was more on your end. I enjoying, I'm enjoying the show. Um, I've only seen the first two episodes. Uh, Derek had originally said, Oh, watch the first and the last. I liked the first episode enough that I did not want to skip right to the last. So I, I want, we watched the first two episodes. I could not binge this show. It's a little bit, it's not fast enough paced for me to want to see it over and over and over, but I do, I do want to see, uh, I am going to watch the whole series eventually. Um, overall, I liked it. My biggest complaint about it is by having, I mean, it's interesting the way they had everybody do four, you know, four different locations, but it also kind of makes it not really a competition because you don't really know like I'm a big fan of the amazing race and that show has its problems as well, but they're racing against each other. And I think it's more exciting than having four teams doing four separate tracks. I think it would have been a better show if they just had them, you know, race each leg against each other. And then, you know, they could still get the advantage, you know, based on how the legs went. But I think I think that would have been a more exciting show than it was. But it's interesting. So I, I'm enjoy I'm enjoying it, not loving it. Rebecca? Um, I'm in the not in the middle. I really did love this show. Um, I binged it as well. I was doing a quarantine and so I had nothing else to do than watch TV and I thought that it was really incredible um to piggyback onto like what you Pete and Derek said um amazing race this was quite literally a very similar version to that show the thing that I love about amazing race that is very different from this show kind of what Derek said um in the amazing race, you start 12 hours after you finish the last one. So whether you finish it first at six o'clock in the, the afternoon, you would start at six in the morning, the next day, the next leg of the race. So every other person that finishes at that spot always starts 12 hours. So that could be a two hour gap. If it took you two extra hours to finish it, well, you now have two hours behind the leader, or if it was 30 seconds, you're 30 seconds behind them. So it kind of always kept up that pace of like, we need to get this done quickly. Um, the other thing, um, piggybacking off of what Pete said, the amazing race you do the same thing, but at each different section, you had like challenges or games or puzzles that you would compete while you were doing that. So you weren't just like swimming for a mile or doing extreme hiking or literally doing triathlons every other day. Like you had puzzles that you had to compete or you had to, wherever they were in the world, they dove into the culture of, of that spot and they would do challenges and stuff with like archery or painting or just food or stuff like that. Like they had these different elements of that. So, but that's, I love the amazing race for that reason. This show really lacked on that. I feel like they did have them in such amazing parts of the world that they, they could have really dove into, you know, doing that besides just the natural landmarks that they had them competing on. Um, I'm with you, Kate on autumn. I literally was pulling my hair out and I'm like laughing Cause I'm like muting it when she's either on the screen or I had like fast forwarded a couple of times. I'm like, I just can't, I don't do well with people who purposely put themselves in this position and then like try to get the empathy or like complain about it because she was also the type of person that when like she would make it every, someone else's fault. Like there was a couple of times where she was just like who the other girl, Sierra on her team would say, um, guys, I'm sorry. That was my fault. And she was like, yeah, it was like, she was so quick to just jump in and like act like she didn't literally freak out because her knee or her elbow, it was a funny, you hit your funny bone. Like you didn't, that can last for a while, you know, like you didn't break your elbow cause you hit it on a windowsill. Um, so it was hard to watch her during that part, but I, I literally would have put the teams in that order of how I wanted them to finish. I was really neck and neck between Southeast Asia, mostly because of the teachers. And I loved that woman on that team being much older than the rest of the competitors that were there and just her showing, you know, she was not a good swimmer. She's not a good, um, biker. She's not, she's, 
sprained her finger, but she still persevered, I think, more than anyone else. I also did love Team Canada. I thought that they were, or yeah, the North American team, I thought that they had just a really good um, drive about them. They didn't complain a lot. Like you said, Kay, she spoke up for herself. And I feel like from that moment, they really did listen to her and they, they, you know, changed their actions. So it was really awesome to see that development. So I really did love the show. I binged it in two days, was happy at the end because Autumn didn't win and she didn't finish. So yeah. yeah. And, not, and not only did the gal from Southeast Asia jam her finger, she dislocated her finger. If you could actually watch that. Then- and yeah. then gripped the bike and again. Like, went, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. went back. Yeah. Um, Sam says, as usual, Derek is wrong. Nothing nobody didn't already know. Um, and she says, Kate, she also loved Survivor. Um, Sam also says, Autumn was super non-empathetic when Sierra had issues with her knee. It's amazing how when it's someone else is hurting. Oh, come on. Suck it up. I can't do and, this. I can't do had- surgery and hardware in her knee like mm-hmm. she had had major issues of tearing ligaments in there not just a oh it's tired after hiking for a week you know yeah so okay so ed again gonna let you lead this leap off on this one for the series how many cups of pixie dust are you giving it um i'm gonna have to go with uh a four point one i guess because i can't i can't score both shows the same score at least i don't think i can um i could so four it is because what's with the point so (laughs) love the show again it was a great it was an escape for me awesome show um uh i had all the same comments about that particular team member that was always complaining that there's an episode that is, is just incredibly funny if you get to that episode about what she starts complaining about but i won't go there online it's just awesome so uh it's uh yeah four strong four okay um one and a half to me this this is tied with own the room for me and I was supposedly wrong on this one too, that one too, because everyone else loved on the room. Yeah. So one and a half, because I think I will say though, Rebecca, the stuff they do on amazing race culturally, I actually kind of liked that. They didn't do that on this one, that it was truly an adventure race format rather than adventure with all these manipulated different things. So yeah, she is gone. Kate? I, I just don't know why I'm here. Really. <laughs> I would give it a three. Because we wouldn't want four point, Derricks. I'm going to give it a 3.89. 3. 3.9. 3.95. <laughs> because, like, and part of the reason why it's a little bit lower is because I'm trying to put it in the same realm of all the other rankings I've given. Um, um, I'm actually looking at this stuff now, and that puts you on about on par with Avengers and Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I would put it on. Yeah. Yeah. I So I would give it a three, nine, four, somewhere in there. I thought it was great. So it seems like everybody else can give just like really weird numbers. I'm going to give it a pie, 3.14159. <laughs> No, I was going to get, I'm going to get, I was going to give it a three. I'll give it a, I'll give it a three. It's, it's enough that I want to, I'm going to keep watching it, but it, I don't love it. So I would say a three. I'm at like a 4.236 because it, um, it, it kept my attention the whole time. And I was, I was intrigued. Where does that put me on par with though? Um, to you above on the room, but below Avengers and about Luca. Oh. It's about Luca ish. Oh yeah. 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 I was, yeah. I love Luca. Okay. And Pete actually yeah. a three is tied for your lowest rating. So. I like everything though. Yeah. You do like everything. So, and that's okay. Pete Lang, I hate everything. So, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and, and as Ryan says, Ed with his soundbird definitely needs to be back. Um, we will have discussions on those. <laughs> I, I do want to say um, I never got to rate Turner, Turner and Hooch. So 
that would not <laughs> if, if you if nobody you let me give that pixie dust, yeah <laughs> uh that would that would be lower yeah definitely okay next week we have got star wars visions this is a brand new unrelated series what this is is new star wars new star wars stories told through the lens of the world's best anime creators is how they put it shows will have dual audio tracks in both japanese and english and they're pre-recorded that way um the english language tracks have neil patrick harris george takai lucy Liu. So some fairly good, some fairly decent names, but none of the people you already know from Star Wars. So these are, I've impression I've got is eight to ten minute standalone vignettes of different Star Wars stories. So I'm excited about that. That's what we'll be seeing next week. And with that, everyone, if no one has anything else, I think it's time to say good night. So night, everyone. Good. Thanks, Ed, for joining Bye. us. Yay, Ed! <laughs>